It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I'm the minister working at the Kearney Church of Christ, and I sure do appreciate you joining me this evening. And I pray the message that's going to be spoken will be from God's Word, that you'll investigate that, you'll look into it, and if there's any errors that need to be made, you'll bring that to my attention. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about this, you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, go ahead and, and leave those comments in the comment section, and I'll try to look at it. If uh, you're outside of Facebook and YouTube and you're listening online somewhere, somehow, maybe through a podcast, you can reach out to me by call or texting 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Keep in mind, I'm in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. I would appreciate you giving us a like and sharing this if you find it to be in accordance with God's word. Help us to take the message throughout the whole world. That's what we're aiming to do. Okay, this evening I want to talk about change, making a change in our life. A Christian is to be different from their previous life. They're supposed to make a change. And sometimes for many people, that change is hard to make. Change can be difficult. It really can. Habits die hard. And sin is habitual. We have been practicing sin all our life. We've heard the gospel. Now we've had been uh, obedient to the gospel by being baptized into Christ. And now we expect ourselves to just act like Jesus overnight. And that doesn't happen. We have a problem with uh, sin. Sin is still being practiced in our life, and, and we're going to have to find a way to put that outside of our life so that we can be more beneficial to God. Again, we're talking about change. What can I do to increase my odds of making that change? You know, the Bible actually speaks of that. It tells us what we need to do in order to uh, make ourselves grow spiritually. And so this evening, I thought we'd talk about that. What do we need to do so that we can change from being a wretched sinner to a useful tool for our Lord and Savior? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and looking at verse 17, there is this verse that it, it it's said in, in passage, in, in the passage, in context with it, but it, it kind of has a, the point that I'm trying to make. It stands out on its own. But he's talking about uh, in this whole passage that Christ had died for us. And so since he died for us, we should live for him. And so that's that's the context of this passage. And when we look at uh, what we need to do, well, we look at what verse 17 says, we are a new creation. 
And so if we're thinking we are dead to our old man of sin, uh, we find out that under Christ we are a new creation. The old has passed away, as the scripture says, and behold, the new has come. So that old man is supposed to leave, that old man of sin. Like I said, sometimes for many people, he leaves pretty hard. But we have to understand that we are a new creation in Christ, and so we have to roll up our sleeves and get to work and make this happen. In Romans chapter 6, it describes what took place at baptism. You know, many people who have been baptized into Christ don't realize what took place. But what took place at baptism was a death, burial, and a resurrection, a resurrection to a newness of life. Now, there was no physical death that we can see. Uh, when I was baptized, that old man uh, of sin was put to death, but my physical body still remained. And so what Romans 6 is teaching is that I made a decision that I wasn't going to live like I had before, according to the passions of my flesh. I was going to live after the will of God. Let's read verse 4. Paul said, We are buried, therefore, with him, that's Jesus, by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So it's a do-over. We're, we're, we messed that up the first time because we sinned. But now we get a change. And so instead of messing it up again and doing everything the same way, there has to be a change. And that takes place with the, the penitent sinner. That penitent sinner has to resolve to make that change. Now he goes on to say in verse 12 through 13, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So when he's talking about your members, he's talking about your body. And so we want to make sure that our body is an instrument for God's use, an instrument for righteousness. We are tools in God's toolbox, where before we, he had no useful role for us because we, you know, we, we were living according to our passions. So what we're looking at is change and realizing there has to be a change. There has to be a newness of life. Instead of living uh, a life that went against the word of God, now we're going to live a life that endorses the word of God and obeys God's word, thus making ourselves an instrument for righteousness. But again, as we talked about, that doesn't happen too easy for many people. Um, but there's some things that we can do to help this change take place. And I think many times people miss this. And if they practice these things, if they focus on these things, then they'll find change start to be, uh, it will start taking place in their life. And so the first thing you have to do, as you should with any great endeavor, is involve God the same way Jesus involved God 
uh, the night before he picked his apostles. He was up all night in prayer, thinking about that, praying about that. He involved God in that decision. So if we're going to be involved in a change, then we need to make sure that we include God in this decision. Now, how do we go about doing this? Well, I think one of the best ways to do this, as we already mentioned, Jesus in prayer, is to go to God in prayer. And when we think about making a change in our life, we have to know what to ask for. And I think a great example of this is Solomon. When Solomon was to be made king over Israel, in verse 7 of Second Chronicles chapter 1, God appeared to Solomon and, and said, what, what do you want me to give you? He said, ask him, you know, what shall I give you? And I think it's interesting what Solomon answered because God praised him for this. He said, give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people and for, and who, for who can govern this people of yours, which is so great. Solomon was looking at the job God had given him. And so he was thinking about what he needed to do to fulfill that job. And so what did he ask for? He asked for wisdom and knowledge. He was going to need that so that he would be successful in this purpose that God had given him. God was very impressed with that answer. And uh, he goes on to say, because he didn't ask for uh, wealth and, and, uh, and, and fame, you know, he was going to give that to him as well. Uh, but he gave him wisdom and knowledge like no man's ever seen. And so that tells me that God wants us to think a little more clearly when we go to him in prayer and when we're involving him and asking about the things we should be asking for. So in other words, if we are wanting to change, to make ourselves as instruments of righteousness, what do we need to have in order to be that good tool for the Lord? What do we need to obtain? What talents so that we can fulfill the Lord's purpose in our life? Those are some things that we have to think about. And then we need to pray about. In James chapter 1 and verse 5, it's a great verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So, in other words, we think about the things we need in order to be a good Christian, and we ask God for that. Obviously, he likes those types of prayers. We're not asking for things to fulfill the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, the passions of life. We're not looking for that. We're not asking for that. We're asking the Lord for the very things we need to be more beneficial to him. And God's going to listen. So that's something we need to think about. When we're talking about making a change, we need to think about what we're changing from to what we want to become. And what do we need in order to be able to make that change? Those are the very things we should be praying for. And I feel very confident that God's going to help us in that. But that's something we need to think about. We need to give it some thought. Change just doesn't happen.
change takes place because people think it through. They think about what they need to do in order to overcome the bad habit of sin. In Mark chapter 14 and verse 36, Jesus asked a simple prayer. He said, Abba, Father, the night he was betrayed, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not I will, but what you will. And of course, we know the Father's will was that he had to drink of that cup which the Father had given him. But what I want us to notice is what Jesus said. All things are possible for you. So then if you're thinking, I am such a horrible person, I can never be the type of Christian that God wants me to be, then you are discounting the power of God. Because with if you include God, then all things are possible. You're going to have to include God if you want to make that change. And God can enable you to do that very thing. It's important. And I, I can't say enough how important it is to make sure you involve God first. That should be your first step. Involve God in this dedication you have made with your life to be more pleasing to him. And he'll be there for you. He promised he would, and he'll help you with that. And it's possible. I don't care how bad you are. God can make you what he wants you to be. Uh, don't forget the story of Job. And uh, God referred to Job as the clay, and the Lord was the potter. And the Lord was making with Job what he wanted to make. Well, the Lord can do that with us as well. So involve God. Involve the potter. If you want to change the lump, involve the potter, and the potter would be God. Now, the second thing you need to do, you need to know what God's will states. You need to know what how God wants you to be. If you don't know what kind of person God wants you to be, how are you going to turn in to that kind of person? See, that's that's pretty important. In second, I'm sorry, first Corinthians chapter two. And verse 9 and 11, Paul said to those in Corinth, as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God hath prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God <coughs> except the Spirit of God. And so why is that important? Because the Spirit found out what God wants us to do. He found out what the kind of person God wants us to be. And then, of course, he imparts his, that knowledge to the apostles who wrote that, that down for us. In 1 Corinthians 2, as we go on in the same chapter, in verse 12 and 13, Paul goes on to say, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. 
So we're talking about when we're looking at the Bible and we realize that the Bible came from the mind of God. Uh, the Spirit searched out the mind of God and the Spirit inspired the apostles who wrote down the Holy Scriptures as we have it. And so because we have that word before us, we understand God's will has been revealed to us through that Bible. And if that's the way God's will has been revealed to us, what's going to keep us from learning it? Well, you got to read it. I heard some preachers talking one time about what version of the Bible is the best Bible, most accurate one to get. And they all said in unison, the one you read, <laughs> find one you'll read. And that's really true. Too many people do not read their Bible. They make assumptions about what God's will is. You can't do that with people. You don't like people assuming what you like or think. And I don't like what when people assume what I like or think. Why would we do that with God? We shouldn't make such an assumption. We need to go to God's word to find out what it says. And then, of course, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 makes it very clear that all Scripture, and that's that New Testament that we have that we read about that tells us about the Lord's church and, and the Lord's instructions for it, but it also includes the Old Testament, um, that schoolmaster that brought us to Christ. He says, all scriptures breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So if you want to make that change, yes, include God. And, and part of that would also be when you're going to God in prayer is asking for teachers, asking for someone who can impart the will of God, to be able to guide you through the scriptures as uh, uh, as taught in Nehemiah 8. Uh, they gave the sense of the passage. Help someone rightly divide the word of truth so that you can understand it. Pray for that, and the Lord will answer that. He will help you with that. But unless you ask, then it's not going to come. So include God and then find out what the will of God is, so that you know what kind of man you need to become. Here's another point, and it's something that many of us forget. We never realize it. Maybe we just don't like it, because a lot of people don't like people telling them what to do. Well, God has that right to tell us what to do. He's God, we're not. And if you are in the church, if you belong to Christ, then you have to realize the Bible teaches you are not your own. So he has the right to tell you what to do, to tell you how to live, to authorize you to do what he wants you to do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 18 through 20, we read, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Yeah, we don't, we don't own ourselves. 
we don't have the choice to sin anymore. I mean, we did sin before, but there's consequences. But being in Christ, we have to put off wickedness because we don't have the authority to commit it. We've been bought with a price. And so as being instruments of righteousness for God, we have to glorify God in our body. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, when Paul was leaving the uh, uh, talking, as he was leaving, he was talking with the Ephesian elders. He said this, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Well, this is something that Jesus has obtained. And if he's obtained it, that means it belongs to him. And if you are in the church, as we read about in Acts chapter 2, those who are being saved were added to the church. And if you are in Christ, you are in the Lord's church, then you need to understand you have been bought. You belong to Jesus. He has obtained you with his blood. And that tells you how valuable you are. I mean, what price do you put on the blood of the Son of God? But that was the price that was paid. And uh, that's what he paid for you if you are a member of his church. If not, then, you know, you need to do those things so that you can be a part of the Lord's church. But we're talking about those people who want to make that change. They've been baptized into Christ, and they're having trouble with that. And like I said, many times they forget the price that's been paid for them and that they are not their own. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 17 through 19, we read, If you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot. You are bought and paid for. And if you're bought and paid for, then you are under the authority of Christ and you don't have the authority to live according to your passions as you were before you became a Christian. You can't forget that. Don't forget that God owns you and the price he paid to get you. That can help you make that change when you're feeling temptation. The fourth and final point, if you want to change, you need to be resolved. I mean dedicated to getting this done. All too often we see people, like in the parable of the sower, people who start something, but they find out it's harder than they thought it was going to be, and they quit. That can't be of a Christian. A Christian needs to resolve to be a new creature in Christ. You know, Joshua makes that resolve in Joshua 24 and verse 14 and 15. When he was talking to Israel and he was making his goodbye address, he says, Therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. 
And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <coughs> that sounds to me like Joshua was resolved in how he was going to live. And so what the Lord wants us to do is make a decision and stick with it. If you're going to do this, do it. Get busy doing it. Be resolved that you are going to be successful in making this change. How do we go about doing that? Well, James tells us in James 1, 21 and 22, we need to put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which we already talked about, which is able to save your souls. But then he said this, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So in other words, when you find out you don't have the authority to do something, quit it. Why? Because you want to be a doer of the word. You want to obey it. And if the word says you shouldn't do it, don't do it. If you don't have the authority to act, don't act. I mean, it's that simple. If you want to give up cursing, don't curse. If you want to uh, give up hating your enemies, quit hating your enemies. Whatever it is you're trying to change, make that change. Start tackling the problem. I'm not saying you're going to do it perfectly. I'm not saying you're not going to fall back into sin. But what I am saying is until you make that resolve to start trying to beat the sin, you're never going to do it. You got to make the endeavor to put away that sin. You got to make that resolve that this is going to happen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, Paul said, My beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Think about what you need to do to be pleasing to God. When Sundays come, go to church. When Wednesdays come, go to Bible study. When uh, it's time to pray, pray. When it's time to sing, sing. When it's time to do good for someone else, do good. When it's time to be uh, to, to do something that the Lord wants us to do, you do it. But make sure you're abounding in it. Don't just be a one-time Charlie. Come to church one Sunday and then miss the next. No, abound in the work. Be involved in it. That's part of making that change. You got to be busy being busy. All right, so there's your four points. You want to make that change? Involve God. He'll help you. Know God's will. You got to study. You got to find out where God wants you to be and how he wants you to act. You have to remember that you're not your own. You were bought with a great, great price. And so you don't have the authority to act on your own behalf anymore. And then make that resolve to make this change. Now, like I said, it's going to be hard. It's hard for all of us. But until we get busy trying, it's not going to ever happen. So I would encourage you all to make that effort, make that change. 
Okay, that's the lesson I have for you this evening. Hopefully it's beneficial to you. If you're ever in Kearney, Missouri, please come and visit us. We are meet at 406 North Clark. You can take part in Bible study with us Sunday mornings at 930, and then worship starts at 1030. We'd love to see you. You can learn about the church by going to carneychurch.com. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, tune in to KPGZ 102.7 FM in Kearney, Missouri, every Sunday morning at uh, 7 a.m. You'll hear a lesson from like this one from God's Word. And then, of course, if you live outside of Kearney, you can stream it on your mobile device. You can also download these sermons on Spotify. Just look for Gospel Preaching Live, and uh, it's on other, podcast, other platforms as well. If your platform is not listed, send me an email and I'll try to get it on there. Berean Spirits is an internet Bible study that I take part in with three other, two other preachers, and we invite you to take part in it. It's Thursday at 10 o'clock Central Time Zone. Uh, you can reach us by going to carneychurch.com and pressing on the Facebook, YouTube, or the Berean Spirits app, and you can make comments in the comment section as we study God's will. And we include those comments on the show. However, if you can't watch it live, you can watch past episodes. And they, too, are uh, listed uh, as a podcast. So you can download those and listen to them in your car or as you jog or whatever it is you may be doing. Okay, that's all I have for you this evening. Lord willing, I will come back to you again this Sunday at 6 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.